Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad that spring is coming. <laughs> it's been a long winter. We've been hearing about the storms the past couple of weeks and the, the north, nor'easter that they had up in the, the East Coast. And here where we are, we had what we call a false spring. It seems like every year in Oklahoma, we get a false spring. Things start to turn green. The flowering trees start to come out. And next thing you know, we have a hard freeze. All of it dies and then has to start all over again. Well, we've been through that. <laughs> and spring is just about ready to start coming on again. And I'm so glad because spring is a beautiful time here in the Midwest. Uh, God bless you all. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, To serve God, to serve God, if you serve God, serving God means that sometimes you have to do and say some things that you just don't quite understand. (laughs) Such is the life of a Christian, and especially the life of a minister like me. Uh, By the way, uh, I'm going to bring you this message today, and if you have Uh, specific questions that you'd like to submit to me, uh, I'll deal with them this next week. Uh, Just simply uh, send me an email at ask at richardroberts.org. One more time, ask at richardroberts.org. You can send questions regarding this message I'm preaching. Uh, I remember uh, I faced this thing uh, so many times in my life when God has given me specific words of knowledge that I was to give and I didn't want to give. I remember I was preaching in the little kingdom of Swaziland in Southern Africa, and I was asked uh, to speak to Parliament. And the vice president of the nation was there, and the man who ran the Congress, uh, we'd call him the Speaker of the House. They call it a different name in their parliamentarian organization. But nevertheless, I said to the Lord, Lord, no word of knowledge today, please. Let me just greet these uh, government leaders. There are about 100 of them. And invite them to the crusade tonight. No word of knowledge today. Well, you know, God paid no attention to what I was saying. And uh, I know more than got started than he began to give me words of knowledge. He, he gave me a word of knowledge that someone in that crowd was being healed in their hearing. And I said, Lord, you know, cut that out. Uh, let them come to the crusade tonight. Let me be just a businessman today with these, <laughs> with these leaders. And let me invite them to the crusade. Well, of course, the Lord paid no attention to me. And he kept pressing me to give the word of knowledge. So I did. I said, one of you here today has been deaf in one ear, and God's healing you right now. Who is it? Now, you know, you feel like a fool when you say something like that. It turned out it was the vice president. It was deaf in one ear. And when I gave that word of knowledge, God healed him. <laughs> he testified before the whole group that he had he'd been deaf in that ear. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and I was never so happy that I obeyed. Serving God means sometimes you have to do and say some things that you just don't quite understand. And I want to give you four words. You might want to take time to write these four words down. And as I said, if you have questions about this, uh, submit them to me this week, and I'll deal with them on the next podcast. Uh, Go to ask at richardroberts.org. Here are four words. Number one, crawl. Number two, yell. Number three, march. And number four, stand. Now, what do these four words have to do with each other? Crawl, yell, march, and stand. Well, it all has to do with a number of different things that that we face in life that those in the Bible faced. This first one is crawl. I remember the story in the Bible how the woman with the issue of blood had to literally crawl on her hands and knees to get through the crowd to get to Jesus, to touch the border of his garment. She had heard that Jesus was passing by. And she said, if I can only touch the border of his garment, 
I know I shall be healed. Now there was a great crowd because Jesus, the Bible says, was pressed by the people. So we knew there was a crowd. The only way she could have touched the border of his garment was to get down on her knees and crawl. And if you remember the story, she had had an issue of blood in her body for 12 years and had been to the doctors and the doctors had done all they could. But in those days, medicine was of a very primitive nature and there was nothing they really could do for her. And the Bible said she had spent all of her living and was still no better. Now, just imagine what she must have been going through. Plus the fact it was against the Jewish law for her having that flow of blood in her body to be out publicly. So she literally was breaking the law, the Jewish law, the Mosaic law by being out in the public. Well, she got down on her hands and knees and she crawled through the crowd. That's the only way she could reach the border of his garment. For she said, if I can only touch the border of his garment, I shall be healed. Now, being a Jew, she knew that rabbis, and Jesus was referred to as Rabboni or rabbi, rabbis wore a certain type of prayer shawl. And at the base of that prayer shawl were tassels. And the tassels were symbolic of the law of Moses, which was the word of God. I believe what she was saying was, he doesn't have to touch me. I don't have to touch him. Just let me get my hands on the word of God and I shall be made whole. And of course, you remember the story. Jesus whirled around and said, who touched me? Well, Peter and the other disciples said, well, everybody's touching you. Everybody's brushing up against you. There's a great crowd here. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I felt a different kind of touch. I felt the power of God, the virtue go out of me. And he turned and there was this woman. And she told him what she had done. And Jesus said to her, woman, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your plague. And he healed her. She was healed because she reached out and touched the border of his garment. She crawled. And sometimes there are things that you have to do in life. I remember when I was a boy, we were coming out of one of my dad's crusades in Roanoke, Virginia. And down the hallway were little side rooms as we were going to the car. And my dad looked in one of the rooms and there was a little boy. He was just sitting there by himself. And uh, curiosity, they say, you know, <laughs> got the cat. So my dad uh, stuck his head in the door and said, son, what are you doing in here? The little boy said, I'm waiting for Oral Roberts. He said, you are? He said, yes. He said, what's your name? He said, my name's Willie Phelps. He said, well, why are you waiting on Oral Roberts? He said, well, I'm supposed to be healed today. Well, my dad was so touched in his heart. He walked in the door and said, well, son, I'm Oral Roberts. He said, you are? Well, Brother Roberts, I'm supposed to be healed today. And my dad said, well, how'd you get in here? He said, well, the building was so full of people, my mom and me couldn't get in. And so she got me down on my knees and, and we crawled. I crawled through the crowd. She said, now find a place to sit down and Brother Roberts will find you. He couldn't get into the main auditorium. So he went into this hallway and sat down in this room. And lo and behold, my dad walks by and sees him. Now, Willie had metal braces on his legs and crutches. He was crippled. And my dad said, well, Willie, I'll, I'll pray for you. I've just prayed for a lot of people today. I'm, I'm pretty tired. But if you'll believe with me, I'll set my faith with you and we'll expect a miracle. So my dad prayed for him. I'll never forget it. He prayed for him. And we went on to get in the car and, and to go back so we could fly back to Tulsa. A few weeks later, we heard from the Phelps family. And the next morning, his mother had a new pair of shoes for him. Put those new pair of shoes. He said, Mama, step back. I'm going to walk across the room without my crutches, without my braces. And he did. 
And they took him to school. He walked into school. It broke up the entire school, broke up his class. The teacher had him get up and give the testimony. And he shared about how my dad had prayed for him and how God had healed him. He no longer had to have braces on his legs. He no longer had to use the crutches. He could walk under his own power. And the teacher said, Willie, it must have cost a lot. Willie said, no, ma'am, it didn't cost a penny. Jesus did it. Willie was willing to crawl through that crowd. There's sometimes when you've got to do things you're not used to doing. Now, the second word is yell. Have you ever yelled? <laughs> you know, if you slam your hand in a car door, I promise you, you will yell. <laughs> As I've done it. <laughs> Something will come out of your mouth when you slam your hand in your car door. <laughs> Bartimaeus was blind. He was a beggar. Sitting by the highway side, when someone must have told him that Jesus was passing by, and he began to shout and yell, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him told him to be quiet. And he shouted louder, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus turned around and said, Bring him here. And the first thing that Bartimaeus did was he took off his beggar's robe. You see, in those days, in order to beg, you had to have a license. And you had to wear a certain type of outer garment so that everyone knew you were a legal beggar. It's not that way today, is it? <laughs> With what we see on the corners of the streets in America. But in those days, you had to have a license. And you had to wear a certain type of outer garment which would identify you as a beggar. And he took that beggar's robe off. He was saying, I'm through with this old life. I'm through with the way I've been living. I'm through with the blindness that I've gone through. And when he stood before Jesus, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the man said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus touched and healed his blindness. He was willing to yell for his miracle. I remember once, uh, Lindsay and I, it was Christmas Eve, and uh, Lindsay and I were, well, I shouldn't say Lindsay and I, I got to tell the truth. Lindsay was putting toys together. <laughs> I am terrible. I am not a mechanic. Uh, I, I once tried to put the wheels on a tricycle. I got the wheels on backwards. I don't know what I'm doing. So Lindsay said, you go in the kitchen and make something to eat for us. And I'll, I'll do the repair work and the fixing work on these toys. So she's in there in the living room under, by the Christmas tree. She's taking care of the toys. And I'm in the kitchen making some scrambled eggs. And that's, it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And we were up late, you know, wrapping packages after the kids had gone to bed. But all of a sudden, we heard this gasp and scream. And I looked up at the stairs, and uh, Chloe, our baby, was about, I guess, maybe th two, three years old. She was standing at the top of the stairs, uh, screaming and trying to breathe, and her face was blue. Oh, I ran upstairs. I grabbed her. Lindsay got the phone, called our family doctor. He said, take her to the hospital right now. So I said, Lindsay, I'm going. And she said, well, I can't go with you. I've got two more children in the bed upstairs. I said, well, I'll go as fast as I can. So she started praying. I started praying. She was crying. I was crying. I had Chloe in the car. I'm driving as fast as, well, pretty fast <laughs> to get to the hospital, which was four or five miles away, to go to the emergency room. Lindsay goes upstairs and kicks the door and starts yelling and starts crying. And the Lord says, it's okay. It's okay to cry as long as your cry is a cry for a miracle. And she began crying out for a miracle. And by the time we got to the emergency room, her breathing was back up to 98%. There are times when you have to yell, you have to crawl, you have to crawl and you have to yell for those things that you're believing for with God. And the third word is march. March. 
Now, I'm not talking about the month of March. I'm talking about marching. And I can remember times uh, when I've taken Lindsay shopping. Now, when you take Lindsay Roberts shopping, it's quite an experience because she is only willing to pay certain prices. She goes to the sale racks and she looks for the half of half and then half off of that. <laughs> I remember she once uh, found some sport coats that regularly sold for like $400 and she wanted to buy me one. And it was half of half and half of that. And then she had a, naturally a coupon on top of that. She wound up buying a beautiful Italian sport coat for me for $37. <laughs> and no one, when I told people that she had bought it for $37, nobody believed me. It's a beautiful $400 sport coat that she bought me for $37 because she wouldn't give up on the price. Now that's, that's Lindsay. We were in a store once and she was looking at the sale rack and there was a dress on the store rack, uh, sale rack, I should say, that she loved. She wanted it. But it was still too high. Even though it was on sale, the price was still too high. So she began to march. She began to march around the little sale rack. You know the sale racks that are round, that kind of spin? She started marching around it. One time she marched around it. Two times she marched around it. Third time she marched around it. The fourth time, by the fourth time, people in the store are watching her. And the storekeepers, the, the sales ladies are watching her. By the time she got to the sixth or seventh time around, the storekeeper came over, recognized her, said, Mrs. Roberts, what price do you want to pay? <laughs> and Lindsay told her. The woman said, sold. <laughs> Lindsay marched around that sale rack to get the price she wanted to pay. And I often kid Lindsay. Uh, I always say, people say to her, uh, what's, your, what's your shoe size? She says, what's for, what's for sale? <laughs> Lindsay can wear anywhere, anything from an eight to a nine and a half, depending upon the sale price. <laughs> uh, Joshua was facing, looked like uh, immeasurable odds against the city of Jericho, which was well fortified with a huge wall. But God gave him a plan. March around the city six times. And on the seventh time, begin to yell and march and march and yell and march and yell. And when he obeyed God... Those walls fell down flat. There are times when you have to get your faith marching. We have to say, Satan, I'm not going to put up with this any longer. I rebuke you. I command you to take your hands off me. Take your hands off my finances. Take your hands off my body. Take your hands off my family. Take your hands off my emotions. Take your hands off me. Because I do not belong to you. I belong to God. There are times that you crawl. There are times that you yell. There are times that you march. That's a faith, that's a faith movement. And faith without action is dead. You can say, I have all the faith in the world, but it doesn't mean a thing until you use it. And the final word is stand. I can only imagine what it must have been like when Goliath, nearly 10 feet tall, strutted his stuff in the valley, saying to the Israelites, send a man against me. Now here's a, a man between nine and 10 feet tall. Huge, huge uh, the, the Bible says his spear was like a weaver's beam, weighing some 25 pounds. Uh, there was nobody in the Israelite army that would face him. And he yelled, send a man against me. If, if, uh, if I defeat him, you'll be our slaves. And if he defeats me, we'll be your slaves. Well, they, they had no stomach for that kind of fight. Uh, they were, uh, his Israeli army went weak at the knees, you know. And David comes up with a few sandwiches and some French fries, you know, for his brothers who were in the army. And he looks over and he sees this giant defying the armies of the living God. He says, who, who does this guy think he is? I'll take him on. Well, you're just a, you're just a teenage boy, right? about 17 years of age. 
You know, the Bible says he had ruddy complexion, probably, probably around 17. Who do you think you are? You'll take him on. And finally, King Saul agreed after David said, look, uh, out, guarding my, out guarding my father's sheep, uh, there have been times when lions have come, mountain lions have come, and I've torn them apart with my bare hands, and, and other animals have come, and I've, I've ripped them apart to save my flock. And the same God who delivered me from them, from the lion and the bear, will deliver me from this giant. And uh, King Saul said, well, you need to put on my armor. And they put that heavy armor because King Saul was a taller man than most Israelites. And uh, the armor didn't fit. David said, no, I can't wear this. I'm not, I haven't practiced with it. I, I don't trust it. Let me, let me face him with my slingshot and with my smooth stones that I picked up out of the brook. God will take care of me. And you know the rest of the story. He came running at Goliath and said to him, you come against me with your sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. David took a stand against Goliath, and you know the rest of the story. When that stone left that socket of that slingshot, something entered Goliath's mind that had never entered his mind before. And it wasn't long until David, not having a sword, took Goliath's sword and cut the giant's head off. He stood, and the Israeli army was victorious. Sometimes in life, you got to crawl. Sometimes in life, you got to yell. Sometimes in life, you got to march. Sometimes in life, you got to stand. Serving God oftentimes means you have to do something and say something that you don't quite understand. But if you'll be obedient to God, the Bible says, if, you, if, you're, if you're obedient, you'll eat the fat of the land. If you're obedient, if you'll do what God has shown you to do, He'll make a way for you even when there looks like there is no way. And right now in the authority of Jesus' name, I pray that your faith, which you were born with, for God has given to every person the measure of faith, I pray that the faith you're born with becomes faith in action. For faith without works is dead. Faith without a corresponding action is just as good as not having any. I pray right now that you'd release your faith for a miracle. Just the other day, I prayed for a man who had had surgery and, and the, the cancer was gone, but he had some other things in his body and he wanted prayer. And I prayed for him several times. And he kept calling back, I need you to pray again, I need you to pray again. And I said to him, sir, I've already prayed several times. Your focus is on me and not on God. Release your faith. Believe in the prayer that I prayed and let's expect a miracle. And he sent me a message back, you're right. I did have my, ha my eyes on you. Don't get your eyes on me. I'm not, I'm not the source. I'm just an instrument. I'm just a person that God uses, but I have no healing power. But the good news is I'm hooked up to the one who does. Release your faith today. Believe God for miracles. And I set my faith with you in his mighty name for healing in every area of your life, from the crown of your head even unto the soles of your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I gave you four words, crawl, yell, March and stand. If you have some questions about this you'd like to ask me, just simply submit them to me. Uh, uh, go online, uh, send me an email at ask at richardroberts.org. That's ask at richardroberts.org. And I'll deal with them this next week. God bless you, and I'll see you next time right here on the Expect a Miracle podcast. Real miracle living is living every day in the abundant life Jesus came to give you. In Richard's three-CD set, The Miracle Living Series, Richard dives into God's Word to give you insight and understanding so you can take hold of 
One, supernatural healing, unlocking biblical health and wholeness. Two, the power of the Holy Spirit, how to get ahead in life. And three, the increase principle, seeing everything as a seed. Go to richardroberts.org or call 1-844-828-1412.